It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcasts at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios just outside city limits in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, October 25th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight, and after that we'll join Detroit Pistons basketball in progress. And coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk Laker women's basketball with their head coach, Brandon Locken, coming up around 6.15. 6.30, we'll be joined by the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and coach's corner, Dave Watson, who will talk local sports and certainly high school football playoffs. And Dave will stick around at joining us at 645 co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports who will get us up to date on the Metro Detroit sports scene and we'll have the full round table with myself Dave and Butch for the rest of the show. Let's start with local high school football as three Eastern Upper Peninsula football teams have qualified for the postseason while one team is on the outside looking in. Pickford, Newberry, and Rudyard will participate in this week's playoffs in eight-player football in Division One. Rudyard, an exciting 20-14 win over Pickford in overtime on Friday in the game you heard on a Country 105 with Matt Pocket beating Pickford on the gridiron for the first time in around a decade. Newberry, they also earned a big win on the road last week as they went down to Rogers City and knocked off the Hurons by the score of 44-36. to So this will set up a very interesting bracket for all four teams in Region 1 and eight-player football Division 1. All four teams, 7-2. and two. The top seed in the region is Munising, who finished their season with a 52-30 win at Brimley on Friday night. The Munising Mustangs will host Rudyard on Friday, that one kicking off at 7 o'clock, while Newberry will travel to Pickford. And you can hear that Newberry-Pickford game over on Country 105. Dave Watson will have the call of that one starting at the pregame show at 645. All four teams were within three points of each other in the new playoff points ranking system, which we will certainly talk about at the bottom of the hour. This is the new change instituted by the Michigan High School Athletic Association this season. The Panthers edged out Newberry by 0.3 percentage points to earn home field. The Suhai Blue Devils, despite their 6-3 and record, were not selected for the postseason in Division IV. The Blue Devils, however, had a very successful season, including their 15-14 win over Gladstone on Friday night. And again, you heard on 1230 WSOO with Dave Watson and Pat Bennon. They had three Cole Hawker field goals, including the game winner. And as I mentioned earlier, with the new playoff point system in place this season, six wins doesn't automatically qualify you for the postseason. The Blue Devils 
were punished for their conference and non-conference schedule as they didn't play a team above Division Five. However, to their defense, they've been locked into their conference schedule for quite some time. It's kind of hard to change at the beginning of the year when a new point system is implemented. So they didn't receive enough bonus points to qualify. As a matter of fact, if they would have finished the season at 7-2, and two, they still would not have qualified for the playoffs. This is a big subject of debate across the state with several teams, including 16 four and five teams. That includes Fruitport in Division Four and three and six Flint Powers in Division Five making the playoffs. And Flint Powers is actually hosting a game. So we're going to talk more about the new playoff system coming up with Dave Watson at the bottom of the hour, along with Butch Davis coming up at 645. In other high school football from week nine, Cedarville Detour, they earned their second win of the season as they topped Farwell 30 to 6 as they finished their season at 2 and 6. And St. Ignace, they fell at Harbor Springs 32 to 14. The Saints end their season at 2 and 7. High school cross-country UP championships were run this weekend in Marquette. The Suhai boys finished second behind Marquette in that race. Marquette junior Carson Vandershoff won the race with a time of 16 minutes, 45 seconds. Suhai junior Cody Aldrich, he had a solid finish as well as he finished in the top three. Sue Jr. Logan Haskin placed ninth, followed by senior teammates Jonathan Willis and Kaylee Jones. Kyle Pine was 14th to cap the Sioux scoring, while Riley Evu was 16th and David John Daly 26th. In Division II, Painsdale Jeffers, they win that uh, crown in Division II. And in Division Three, Dollar Bay retained its championship, winning that meet. Ingenine's Conrad Spiles finished third in that event. Newberry Sr., Claudio Bistoffi finished ninth. Brimley senior Bo Martini took 10th. And classmate Riley Parrish was 12th, while sophomore Brody Hunt was Rudyard's pace setter in 14th place in that race. The Suhai girls, uh, they were one of the teams in the hunt for the Division I girls cross country title on Saturday. The girls would finish fourth. Houghton senior Ingrid Segrin, she won the individual title. Coming in second place for the Blue Devils, junior Cassandra Golliger, as well as Anna Hildebrandt. She finished fifth. Newberry sophomore Kaylin Clark, she was crowned at the Division Three Championship for the first time. Congratulations to her. And Newberry senior Georgia Suriano also placed in the top five. Munising, they won in Division Two and in Division Three. Hancock earned their third title in four years. As they won that race, St. Ignace's leader was Mar Mariana Zagarosa as she finished 10th, while the Saints' Kylie Peters took 14th in that race. High school volleyball from this past week, the Pickford Panthers clinched the EUP Conference Volleyball Championship at the Purple Palace in Pickford on Thursday as they defeated Brimley three sets to none. St. Ignace also on Thursday, they knocked off Cedarville Detour. By a 3-1 count, this was the annual volleyball purple game on Thursday night, a fundraiser which raised money for Evergreen Assisted Living and Cedar Cove for their dementia and Alzheimer's program. So great job by both those teams helping those organizations out. In the Ontario Hockey League from this past week, the Sioux Greyhounds go 2-1 on their homestand. The Hounds on Wednesday knocked off the Sudbury Wolves by the score of 4-3. Hounds would follow that up on Friday with an 8-5 win over North Bay. 
and the Hounds would fall on Saturday by a 4-2 count to the Battalion. Hounds now 5-3-0, first place in the West Division by three points over Saginaw. The Spirit have played three less games than the Hounds, and the Hounds will be home to Kitchener this Wednesday and then head to Kitchener on Friday and travel to Guelph on Saturday. You can hear all those games over on our sister station, Rock 101, with Jerry Liscomb Jr. Sioux Thunderbirds on Wednesday, they defeated Elliott Lake by the score of 6-2. And on Sunday, the Thunderbirds would shut out Greater Sudbury by the score of 1-0. The Thunderbirds now first place in the West Division by four points over the Idle Sioux Eagles, who did not have any league games this weekend. And the T-Birds will host Greater Sudbury on Friday. The Sioux Eagles did play a pair of games at Polar Stadium, first time in quite some time against the U.S. National Under-17 team. The Eagles would fall on Wednesday 11-2 and on Thursday 9-1. The Eagles will resume NLJHL action at Greater Sudbury on Thursday. And we still wait to hear from the league if the Eagles will be able to host home games in November with the U.S. border reopening. Sioux Indians over the weekend go 1-2. and two. They won their game Friday at the Berry Event Center in Marquette over Victory Honda by the score of 2-1. to one. And then they would fall in a pair of home games, including an overtime loss on Saturday to Victory Honda and falling 7-0 on Sunday. The, we- the Indians will travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin this upcoming weekend to play two games against the Green Bay Bobcats and one against the Janeville Jets, that Janesville game on Sunday. Laker hockey over the weekend, a successful homestand continues. The Lakers currently 4-0 on their six-game homestand as they knocked off Union College on Friday by the score of 7-4, and then they would knock off the Flying Dutchman on Saturday 5-2. So with the win, the, the wins rather, the Lakers' overall records and record improves to 5-3, and they'll be at home once again this weekend as they will host St. Lawrence for a non-conference tilt at the Taffy Abel Arena. First game on Friday, 7.07, Saturday at 6.07. And you can hear the game over on our sister station, Yes FM, with Bill Crawford. Laker volleyball on the road this weekend. They go 0-3 as they were swept by Grand Valley on Friday by a 3-0 count. Lakers would also lose 3-0 on Saturday to Davenport. And they would end their three-game road trip with a 3 nothing loss to Ferris, that one on Saturday. The Lakers now 2-19 on the season. They will play their final two home matches of the year this upcoming weekend as they will host Saginaw Valley State on Friday at 4 p.m. and Wayne State Saturday at 2 p.m. Both those matches will be played at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium. The Laker men's and women's cross-country teams raced in the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference Cross-Country Championships this past Saturday at Saginaw Valley State. The men's team was led by senior David Mitter, who placed 12th overall. Kendrall DePierre was the next Laker to cross the finish line with a time of 29 minutes and 4 seconds. The Laker women's squad consisted of an all-freshman roster, and its all five runners competed in the conference race for the first time in their collegiate careers, and they were led by Josie Morrow, who finished with a time of 27 minutes 50.9 seconds and Laker basketball. We'll talk more about the women's team with their head coach, Brandon Locken coming up here in a couple minutes. They will be at home to tip off their season this Sunday at the Bud Cooper gymnasium against Alma. The men will tip off at one the women at three and you can hear Laker home basketball all season long right here 
on ESPN 1400. We're going to take our first break of the night. We come back. We're going to talk Laker women's basketball with their head coach, Brandon Locken. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. (laughs) Okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Central Savings Bank. That's what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. Mobile wallet. Make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson Rodyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Water Systems you has can a catch solution podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 6.15 on the game, ESPN 1400. Joining us on the game, the head coach of the Lake Superior State women's basketball team, Brandon Locken, entering his fifth season as head coach as the Lakers make their final preparations for the 2021-2022 season which will begin Sunday at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium. Brandon, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the game. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. It's always good to be with you. Yeah, good to have you on, Brandon. And uh, certainly, uh, before we look at this year's roster and the season, uh, just look at where you were last year compared to where things are this year for Laker basketball. Uh, things different, uh, somewhat back to normal. You're going to play non-conference games uh, starting on Sunday, as well as your traditional conference schedule and format. Uh, certainly, as a coach and for your players, it has to be nice to be able to prepare in a normal way, easy for me to say, than compared to last season, where at this time, Brandon, you didn't even know if you were going to play yet. Absolutely. It is It is so cool to be back in there and the energy the girls have to just get a little bit of something they love back in their life. In a, and like you said, in a more normal way, we're able to go in the gym and there's not all the protocols in place that to be able to practice. We just are able to get back to the game we love. And so it's been so much fun. I know they're loving it. And the, the amount that they want to be in the gym is just up getting that chance to be back. So that's been great. And uh, preparation's been going good. And, and like you said, we should start this Sunday. And so we're just counting down the days to, to kick it off with some, some games. And this year, Brandon, much like we've seen with volleyball and hockey, you're going to have fans and students back in attendance. And and just going back to last year, you know, it was hard for everyone just to get through a season, let alone trying to play a basketball game without a lot of energy in, in, the, in the stadium, trying to broadcast a game. You know, everything was so much different. At least now you're going to have fans in there, and that's certainly going to help your teams uh, just to have that atmosphere and their, you know, fellow students and, and fans be able to come and cheer on on the action. Absolutely. I know getting to be at the, the volleyball games and hockey so far, like you said, it feels so great to be back in seeing live sports. And I know for our team, having their families and their, their friends and community members back in will mean so much. I mean, we, we played in front of a few fans for senior night. Right. Uh, the parents were allowed last year and it was crazy how even 10 people in a gym could feel so different after having nobody. So uh, to see the Bud Cooper filled up again, um, I know that's going to just bring back a lot of uh, excitement and, and it was missing last year. So we're definitely looking forward to that. And uh, I think it'll, it always helps to have the home crowd with you. And, and especially, you know, when you're trying to grind out some stops on the defensive end late in the game, the energy that the fans can bring is huge. So um, I know that'll be really appreciated by our team having that back. Brandon, how have things gone as far as preparation wide wise rather heading into your season opener this Sunday? Uh, how often have you been able to practice, uh, condition, and work on the items that will improve your team? How how has that gone so far? So that's been back to normal as far as the, the amount of time in the gym that we would have had in any other past years. So. Um, it's been great to, to be able to get in there and, and really lay the foundation for our year um, in ways that maybe we weren't able to, to do completely the same last year. So we've been getting in there regularly, having our practices, and, and the team's been working really hard getting on the same page. Um, I really feel we're in a better place to start the year this year than we were last year as far as just what we have installed, you know, in, in our system and our philosophies and um, everybody being on the same page and kind of finding that rhythm together. So um, I'm really excited to, to pick up there as opposed to, uh, you know, working through that a little bit in the season last year. Brandon Locken joining us on the game head coach of the Laker women's basketball team. And Brandon, let's look at your roster going through the classes. You have four seniors this year, uh, three of them at guard, including Sioux Michigan native Kenzie Kalchuk, along with Ella Bontrager and Carson Nix and forward Mackenzie Bray. Certainly a lot of experience at the guard position, which I would imagine be very helpful to you and your team this season. Yeah, so actually it's only um, two of the guards 
Mackenzie, Mackenzie Kalchak, Alaban Schrager, and then Mackenzie Bray. We have three seniors, so oh, okay. I must have it listed wrong there for you. But yeah, the the guards and they've been with us, and and the leadership they bring, um, and just having the experience within the program, helping everybody along. I mean, even though we don't have a lot of freshmen, um, we do have a lot of new players to our program that last year was their first year. And so in that year, they still haven't kind of gone through some of the stuff we're getting to do this year. And that leadership from those guards has been huge as they've been able to kind of guide them and show them along the, the way of what we do and how we do it. And um, they bring a great passion and an energy when they're in there. So we've been really appreciating that for sure. Looking at your juniors, uh, probably already mentioned one. They had them listed as seniors on the roster. So note to uh, the roster folks, make sure you update that. But looking at your juniors, Brandon, you return all GLIAC second team player at Madison Raymond at forward, along with junior forward Kelly Olthoff. Uh, those players on the inside certainly will be key to your success this season, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Maddie continued to build on that strong freshman year last year by having another really good sophomore year and getting recognized second-team all-conference. And she just continues to grow um, into her, her game every year. Uh, I think she's had a really good, strong preseason. She's getting in a ton of work on her own and just continue to work on her jump shot. And um, I, I'm just so thankful for her leadership. She just really leads by example, and, and she's definitely somebody we're going to be turning to. Um, and, and asking a lot of on the floor uh, this season. And, and like you said, Kelly Olthoff, she had a great summer. She was up here working really hard on her game. Um, and I think she's going to step into some, some bigger role this year as well. And so, uh, the, the other one that you didn't mention, uh, Margot Wooster, right. she's a, she's a junior that started off the year last year. She was leading us 14 a game and, and really came into the beginning of her Laker career really strong and then had to, uh, set down with a shoulder surgery. So we're super excited to have her back and, and expecting really big things out of her as well. Yeah, good to see Margo back in the lineup, certainly off to that great start. And then, of course, the injury bug hit her. So it's good to see that she's going to be back out there as well. Uh, Brandon, looking at your sophomores on the squad, uh, Jaden Wilder at guard along with Josie Bontrager, the younger sister of Ella. And then freshmen on the team this year includes red redshirt freshman guard Brittany Bowman and, and a new player, CeCe Hacker. Uh, guard out of Nebraska how do those how do those four players fit into your team and what you're expecting out of them they all have a love for the game of basketball and that's been a big part of the the shift in the culture around here that we've been laying in, in place and the the group of them they come in the gym together you see them coming to get extra shots and um, they've just been putting in a lot of work and I think that you know you're going to see last year Jaden Wilder played a lot of minutes for us Josie started to come out and play a lot of minutes towards the end of the year and and CeCe's off to a great start in the preseason. I think we're going to be looking to get a lot out of her right away as a freshman. So, um, you know, we have a, a roster where everybody's really in the mix competing, and I think that everybody has an opportunity to, to really uh, put their stamp on the, the team this year at this point. So we're just excited that when we get to Sunday, we'll get to – go against somebody else and give a, a chance to see how that all shakes out. Brandon Locken joining us on the game, head coach of the Laker women's basketball team. And Brandon, uh, back as assistant coach with you this season, once again, is Allison Todd. Uh, who are some of the other uh, coaches or staff people that are helping out this team this season? Well, we, we obviously, uh, Izzy, Coach Todd does an excellent job for us. Uh, I definitely want to make sure that to give her some due credit. She, uh, she does a lot of great stuff. I'm thrilled to have her back and, and stepping into a bigger role um, with the, being the top assistant now. And uh, along with that, though, we do have our strength and conditioning coach, Coach Brown, that does a great job with our team uh, working 
with the conditioning and the, the the weight room stuff has really improved, and he's done a great job getting our our team ready to play, and then our training staff as well. So that's our our family, our team, our, our coaching staff that's that's all working really hard. You will start the season, Brandon, at home this Sunday against Alma, as we mentioned, at 1 p.m. You'll tip off first and then the men, and you're able this season to play some non-conference games in November. You got road games uh, in Cedarville against uh, Cedarville and Ohio Dominican. You also have a road trip to Hillsdale, a home game against Ursuline. You'll take a trip in December out to New Hampshire to take on St. Leo and Southern New Hampshire. Uh, You didn't get a chance last season, Brandon, to play any non-conference games because of COVID-19. Are you excited to be able to get these types of contests going again to see where your team stacks up when you get to GLIAC play? Yeah, they're always a, uh, you always love to, to get to go out and play some other leagues and, and see some different people and, and kind of get yourself uh, hitting on all cylinders before you get into the GLIAC. The GLIAC is such a tough competitive league. Every night, everybody is, uh, is a, a good matchup across the board. And so uh, it'll be nice to, to get some games under our belt before we get into conference play and, and kind of get ourselves tuned up. And, and you know, we're excited to, to take some of those trips. We actually, that, that one trip is down to Tampa. Oh, right. St. Leo right. and Southern New Hampshire. So uh, the team's excited to do that right before Christmas. Go get some good weather and uh, take a trip down there to play. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. And, and you, I think you'll learn a lot about your team, getting to go on the road and play in some different places and, and have fans back. We'll get some of that toughness and playing in some tough environments and all those things will really uh, help prepare us for, for the GLIAC season. Yeah, it certainly makes more sense in uh, mid to late December to go to Tampa than southern New Hampshire. I, I <laughs> probably should have deduced that from there, but that sounds like a great trip and experience for you and your team. Uh, Brandon, you mentioned the GLIAC. Uh, conference and that that season will begin on December 2nd and 4th at home against Parkside and Purdue Northwest as you'll play a full slate of conference games this season and and the GLIAC there's no easy outs in that league always a tough conference Uh, what are your expectations this season as far as Lake uh, Lake State's success and what you're expecting you know I'm expecting us to take a really big jump this year we've we've done a lot of things over the, the time here in the last four years to to really lay a foundation. I think last year was was a tough year for everybody, and it was a little bit of a, a step back for us. And I think we're in a place with the the team we bring back and the talent that's going to be on the floor. I'm ready to take a big jump. I think we're going to get out there and really uh, surprise some people and show some people who Lake State is and, and all the work that the girls are putting in. So really excited about it. Brandon Locken joining us on the game, head coach of the Laker women's basketball team. The Laker men and women will tip off their season at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium on Sunday, Halloween with the women tipping off at one and the men against three at three rather against Alma. Brandon, I appreciate you joining us on the game and uh, anything else you want to get out there before we let you go. Well, I would just say I'm excited to see everybody uh, back in the Bud Cooper. We'd love to have everybody come out. Uh, Sunday's the first chance to do that, but there'll be a lot of games going forward and we just hope we get that place rowdy as that we've seen in the past and we look forward to putting a good product out there. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it, Brandon, and uh, best of luck this season and we'll certainly get you on uh, the game here as the season goes along and we'll we'll see you Sunday at the Bud Cooper Gymnasium, sir. Awesome. You have a good one. You too, Brandon. That's Brandon Locken, head coach of the Laker women's basketball team and we come back, we're going to talk more local sports with the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and Coach's Corner, Dave Watson. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. 
Jeep Adventure Days are on at O'Connor's of Pickford all October long. Check out the all-new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L, the finest addition to the Jeep Cherokee lineup, featuring all-new interior design and options including third-row seating and a full-body sunroof system. Enjoy excellent lease options on all-new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokees, including 0% APR financing for 48 months. Jeep Adventure Days at O'Connor's of Pickford. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at ombloans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan hopes you had a wonderful summer. Our summer is coming to an end and soon we will have snow. Now's the time to do your fall cleanup and make some extra money by selling your scrap metals. Reed Metals will give you an honest price for your metal without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. They'll pay you for items like scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, aluminum rims, motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Roll-off dumpster service available for both residential and commercial locations. Reed Metals is located just 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 6.30 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason uh, joined by the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and Coach's Corner and frequent guest here on the game, Dave Watson. Prof, good to see you, and thanks for coming in, uh, not just to talk local sports, but to join Butch and I on the roundtable tonight because, boy, we got a lot to talk about. Good evening, and uh, it's always a pleasure to come on with you guys here, Scotty. And yeah, we have a full plate of uh, things to delve into at a local, regional, and national level. A big week uh, all the way across the board uh, for sports uh, around here in like Michigan, uh, the big Michigan-Michigan State game. (laughs) Um, Nationally, yeah, there's all kinds of things to sink our teeth into. Yeah, let's start with local sports, Dave, and high school football. Before we get to the playoffs and the points and the new system, which I know both of us have a lot to talk about. Let's talk about the action on the field this weekend. A couple key games, including the one you broadcast in Gladstone. Uh, the Sioux High Blue Devils finished their season at 6-3 and three as they edged out their nemesis, Gladstone, 15-14. Three Cole Hawker field goals. 
I can't imagine that's ever happened in Sioux High history. Certainly a game-winning field goal to win it, but it, it capped off a very good season for that program, 6-3. and three. Just your thoughts on the game. Well, that was uh, the most fun uh, I've had as far as broadcasting Blue Devil football this year. A lot of the games we did were a snoozer either way. The Kingsley game was good, but the, this one even better because you won the game. And uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun up in Gladstone. Probably the last time that Suhai will play Gladstone for a while. Uh, we'll get into that later. But, uh, yeah, Cole Hawker, I mean, with the three field goals, I think we saw two things this year, Scott. We saw that Suhai hasn't had in – in as far as overall looking at the history of Blue Devil football, that is a kicker that could kick the way he did. Now, I know J.P. Terrio was a very good kicker. We've had some other guys sure. from soccer that did a nice job, but he played a big role this year for Sue Hyen in particular in that game. That and then, you know, my opinion, and I've, I, I make no bones about it. I've said it all along. Talked to Scott Menard about it on Coach's Corner on Saturday. Pat and I, uh, Pat Bennett and I delved into it on Friday. We just saw the the greatest Blue Devil quarterback finish his career the other night. I Jake agree. He's the most successful. Um, he, uh, we've had some solid quarterbacks, but game managers. This is the first time I've seen a Sioux High quarterback. I've been doing. I've been the voice of the Blue Devils for 16 years and doing Blue Devil games over 20 years. I've never seen a Blue Devil quarterback to be able to take over a game like he did and engineer the the type of comebacks and and drives. Uh, so you know, those are two big things I come away with. We saw two position players play a key role that we've never have I th that I can remember in Sioux High uh, football history. But you know, without a doubt, Jake Davies is uh, the, the greatest quarterback, I think, to play for Sioux High football. No question. Eight-player football this weekend. Big win for Rudyard. They needed Ooh. that win to get into the playoffs, knocking off Pickford in overtime. Newberry goes down to Rogers City. They knock off the undefeated Hurons. So you have the setup now in eight-player football, Division One. All teams 7-2. and Munising's going to host Rudyard. You're going to be covering the Pickford-Newberry game on Country 105 on Friday. Good luck trying to figure out who's going to come out of that region. That Those are four very evenly matched teams. Well, I wish I didn't have work uh, obligations like you know you have. I yep. you can't uh, make it on uh, Friday, but I got work obligations towards the end of the evening. If I was off of my main job... No disrespect to Pickford, and the only reason I do this is because uh, that Newbury-Pickford game is flooded with media because that yeah. uh, that media capital known as Newbury will bring uh, <laughs> two, maybe three, uh, three outlets, which yeah. is, you know, okay, great for them, but it, it, it's uh, kind of a pain. But uh, it logistically, it's the only game I could do. I would much rather go to Munising and, and cover the Bulldogs because they're not getting coverage, and they should get coverage. Those are two really good games, I think, on Friday. Uh, Rudyard Munising. Munising beat the Bulldogs earlier this year in a close game. Newbury lost in overtime to Pickford in Newbury. Uh, it, those are pick'em games as far as I, I'm concerned. The Panthers uh, losing at home to Rudyard. I'll tell you what, hats off to Jimmy Suggett and the Bulldogs going into the Alpine Village and beating Gaylord St. Mary's the week before. Beating them down, too. It beating them down. You needed those yeah. wins. I mean, they yep. knew they had to win, and then and it's still, and again, eight man's no different than 11 man. It, it was a case of you go seven and two, six and three, you should make the playoffs, and it, it wasn't a given for them. It's, I, I don't understand that but whatever and they went into Pickford and won a crazy game in the end so that sets up I think really good first round matchups at eight man let's talk about this playoff point system Dave uh, you and I have been talking about it since it was implemented by mm -hmm. the MHSA at the beginning of the year I thought your interview with coach Menard was fantastic on that subject and so I kind of want to piggyback off of what you guys said you know 
Six wins and you're not in. Obviously, this season with Sue High was supposed to be implemented last year with the new playoff points format. And it's what the MHSAA was hoping and what their goal was to allow teams to get more credit for teams that are in higher divisions, which on surface I agree with. However, now you're seeing 16 four and five teams making the playoffs, including uh, four and five Fruitport in Division Four. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a three and six Flint Powers team not just making the playoffs, but hosting a playoff game. Again, teams in the Metro Detroit area, they have a lot more schedule flexibility, yep. they have more opponents. I don't think the MHSCA maybe thought this completely through. No. I'm thinking that there's probably going to be adjustments and amendments. I certainly have some opinions on that. But just overall, Dave, you know, Sioux High six and three not in, four and five teams getting in. Just overall thoughts on this new playoff format. It's garbage. I mean, it's just absolute garbage. And uh, you know, the, the thing is, is yeah, at the start of the year, we didn't know um, how this was going to shake out. We didn't know. Uh, I remember sitting there in Applebee's with Scott Menard and saying, what's it going to take under this new system for Sioux High to make the playoffs? This is after the win against St. Ignace. And, and I agreed with him. He said six six and three should be good enough. Come to find out, seven and two would have been good. Would not have been good and, enough. And we didn't know really what it looked like until – after the Sheboygan game, when they finally released it, they released it after four weeks. We and were chatting about that. You and I and yeah. Steve Lockwood, yeah. the Blue Devil uh, athletic director at Surrey High School, and they're like, we're like, they're not in the playoffs right now at three and one. And I remember we were saying they have to beat Grayling, they have to, they have to go seven and two. That should be good enough. And then still, we didn't know. It was kind of like the, you know, it was kind of like the guesswork that goes on with COVID. Right. I mean, yeah, you know, right. we didn't know. And yeah. then now come to find out they wouldn't have made it in. Um, I could understand tweaking the old system because the old system, six wins to get in. And what a, at the time, it was a very good idea back in the late 90s. But the problem is, is it created a monster from a standpoint, and Sue High was guilty of this too. Yes, Scott Menard was absolutely guilty of this too. Putting two Canadian schools yep. on the schedule one year, you're just trying to load up to get the six wins. And and no, no disrespect to the schools in Sioux, Ontario. Alone they weren't I, alone. I hate it when U.S. teams play Canadian schools. They're not very good games. Not that those aren't very good football teams. Sure. It's a different set of rules. Yep. They play them on a Saturday. It's just it's never a good game. And the only reason you're doing it is to pad your schedule. So I pad your win column. I understand why they wanted to switch from that, but. They should have, all it needed was a tweak. They completely revamped it and to have strength of schedule be your, your common, be your major factor in making the playoffs. That, that shouldn't be because what it should be is strength of schedule only, in my opinion, should come in in seeding. And, and I think if you win six games, and you should that's good enough to get in strength the schedule should play a role too if you need if you don't have enough six wins teams to okay this five and four team they played a bunch of division two schools and they're a d4 then they they are a five and four then they should get in that's where it should come in it should come in in tiebreaker form in my opinion it shouldn't be the major factor and the fact that we have 16 four and five teams in is absolutely ridiculous i can't and and I think it's 17, six and three teams yeah. that are not in, many, including yeah. Sue high. Yep. And, and that's, and it's just unfortunate. Uh, I think the other thing, if someone would say, well, you know, they knew this was coming. No, not necessarily they 2019. They said, this is what we're doing. 
and we're going to do it the next year. Jack Hall, my, our good Raskinaba radio buddy, made a good point. Schools uh, put their schedules out three, four, five years in, in advance. Yes, they do. Sue High, for example, joined the Northern Michigan Football Conference, full well knowing they're going to be the biggest school in that conference. Now, with this new system... It really is a hindrance, and it's unfortunate because that's a great league for them to be in geographically, competition-wise. It, it all makes sense, but uh, now it doesn't make sense because of the fact that that was their one of their biggest hindrances of why they didn't make the playoffs because they there is nobody on their nine-game schedule this year that is bigger than Sioux High. As or far as, as big. Or, or as big. They're yeah. the largest school of Sheboygan, I yep. want to say. They're D5. And, and that's and that is you know it really is what hurt them and they did not beat the the schools that you know the toughest schools on their schedule from a Grayling King Kingsley and St Francis standpoint, so it really needs to be really looked at. Yeah, I think it makes more sense. I don't like this idea either, but it's better than the current system. Is go eight week schedule and let everybody in. If you're going to change it this drastically, go to that. And I don't like that either. But I think they need to tweak it definitely, and they need to rearrange it because what they have here, it's just it doesn't make any sense. One of the ways that I think they can tweak the system, and I have my pros and cons for this new system, Dave. Um, I like the fact that you know which division you're in, unlike the previous years mm-hmm. where you know sometimes you didn't know if you're a D seven or D eight right. like Saint Ignace. So I do like that. I do like the fact that they they do reward teams to play tougher opponents but i think they reward them too much you have those bonus points you mm-hmm. got the playoff points for the win and you get 35 for division four and 40 for division three or whatever the math is there you get five more points per division which which i think is good because you beat them you get more points however with the bonus points they're just awarded to the team no matter if you win or lose on the schedule. So for example, I, I did some comparisons to Fruitport and Sioux High and their points. You, you'll, Fruitport was the last team that got in in Division Four. They had 43.667 points. Blue Devils didn't get in. They had 37.222. My thought is, instead of if you're not going to overhaul the whole system, you got to look at those bonus points as far as Okay, so you're a Division Four team playing a Division Three team. You get X amount of points no matter what you do. You know what? You split that point total in half. You get half the points if you play a, a, a bigger school and they do well, but you get the rest of the half if you win the game because you're not rewarding wins and losses. So, for example, if that would have happened this year, I did the math, Fruitport would have gotten 35.444 points. Suhai would have gotten 35. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it certainly narrows the gap right. to those, but my whole thing is – could they make a rule or an amendment that says you got to finish 500 or better to make the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you should not have that many four and five teams. And when we had Mark Yule on both our shows, I we both addressed this. And, you know, at the time he was confident that there wouldn't be many six and three schools that were on the outside I'm looking get them on now, I'll tell you. But until a plan is actually followed through, you can put it on paper all you want and have committees and this yeah. organization and that. And the other thing, Dave, before I go back to you is – you know, it's not like the Sioux High Blue Devils can go and schedule these Division One schools or no. Division Two. Yeah, you can do that in Royal Oak or you can do that in Grand Rapids or Lansing. You know, they're geographically challenged as it is to find opponents that are even close to them. I mean, they're just kind of in a box, and I think it, this system hurts these small rural schools like Sioux High. They have already addressed it for next year as much as they can because they only have no, two non-conference uh, uh, openings, right. and then the rest is it. And that's why I think, unfortunately, if things 
things don't change, they're going to have to leave the Northern Michigan Football Conference. To. Coach Menard mentioned it. Um, Steve Lockwood privately, as he's he's kind of hinted, and they don't want to do that, but they might be left with no choice. Now they've uh, next year they have added uh, Petoskey in Week Eight. Escanaba is going to be Week One. Eskimos will be Week One, and then Petoskey in Week Eight. Uh, the other thing is mind blowing to me is how you could not uh, if you're Sue high in particular and I don't and I don't know how they voted or whatever but you, I would think you'd be all on board when they had that uh, vote about the four big north schools yep. trying to join that really benefited Sue high now the smaller schools they didn't want it apparently and and they voted against it but even them like Kingsley for example let's say they played Alpina and now, you know, and Alpena's in the Northern Michigan Football Conference, and Kingsley beats Alpena. Kingsley's not leaving Rhodes Field and Kingsley for out the playoffs because they're going to get huge points because Alpena's a bigger school. So Suhai's addressing as much as they can next year. They might have to uh, address it even more uh, and perhaps leave this conference, and they don't want to do that, but they're going to wait and see how it goes and uh, fulfill their contract. Now, the one thing Pat Bennon brought up uh, the other night when we talked about it on the broadcast, and Pat was absolutely right. I thought this was a great idea. How about this for bonus points? So you, you, you see how the season's going, and let's say hypothetically, okay, Sue High beats a Kingsley or beats a St. Francis, and those teams are 6-0, and 7-0. Sure. You get even more bonus points. At, no matter what the, the division those schools are in, even if they're, you know, one's a D6 and one's a D7, you should get bonus points because you beat a, a team with a really good record. I don't care what, because St. Francis could go in and probably beat half of the Division One schools. No question. So if you win that game against a St. Francis or a Kingsley, that jacks you up a... 50 points or whatever, because those are winning teams. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, we're going to continue this discussion after the break. Coming up, we'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, who will join Dave and I for our roundtable and regional and national sports coverage. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Your backyard should be an oasis. Not a challenge. With Steel, you can enjoy great value on outdoor power equipment that will get you there. From lightweight, quiet blowers to easy starting, powerful chainsaws, the battery powered AK Homeowner Series has what you need to take on your to do list. Visit Skinners of Pickford, your tractor source in the north, Pickford, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Central Savings Bank. That's what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. 
mobile wallet, make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. You can catch podcasts of The Game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. And welcome back to The Game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and a coach's corner, Dave Watson, and joining the discussion, co-host of The Game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. A brand new edition of Butch on Sports, available from last night on his podcast site, Simply Butch 2, that's too.podomatic.com. You can also find Butch on Sports on our podcast page, thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on around the state, around the country, around the world of sports. Butch, how are you doing on this Monday night, sir? I'm uh, hanging on in there, Scott, hanging on in there. Well, Butch, uh, we uh, have had some very spirited discussion here in the last segment about the Michigan High School football playoff selections and the new format. Uh, of course, up here, uh, one of the teams that we cover, the 6-3 and three Sioux High Blue Devils, were on the outside looking in. And Butch, just I want your opinion as far as the new point system that the MHSAA has implemented. Uh, we'll get Dave back into the conversation conversation along with myself but I want to hear from you first uh what are your thoughts as far as selection Sunday uh some of the teams that got in some that didn't and just this whole new playoff point system well the biggest problem was many many other division one and division two teams were basically going after smaller teams in division seven division eight maybe in division six and then if they were in a league where the, maybe the maximum amount of games they play were maybe four or five, uh, that would guarantee them by wins to get on in there. Now the whole shebang got changed over because now they're looking at proficiency in the schedule. They feel that the Division One team should be in Division One, no more than Division Two, if you want to make the league or the game competitive. And this is where the little point system come on in. I used the example very well in my show last night. A team like River Rouge, you basically you look at their wins, and they will be automatically in. But this year, they just got in there by the skinny hairs of their teeth. Cast Tech, a very, very good team throughout the state there. Just getting in by the skin of their teeth. Uh, many teams there. Teams like Ecorse, for example, who had not gotten in, uh, if it wasn't for their point system and somewhat bared the line of playing upper teams, okay, to get those extra points. And the E-Course, by the way, is a Division Six team, okay? Uh, they gain from playing those upper, upper class, uh, upper division teams. So that's where the problem lies there. Many of the schools in Division One and Two, again, they were, scheduling the lower teams, although they're very competitive indeed by by choice, okay? You can't 
uh, take the cover off and say, you know, because you're in division so and so, you're no good. Okay, that's just a, that's just not hanging there. Uh, some of those teams are very very good, but the point system within those lines where you have teams just making having a full uh, full staff of people to play in football, maybe they may at, with those smaller divisions. They have as many as maybe 27, 30 kids. Those upper division there where they have lots more kids because of the, the enrollment uh, in those divisions. And that's how they schedule by the enrollment. And that's how they determine division one, two, three, four. It's by enrollment. So you've got many more teams that are in there who are going to somewhat profit by getting better players and not so much better players, but more picking the chicks when it comes down to getting uh, high-test players to play uh, some of the high-test teams. So it, it was a blessing in disguise for, I think, Sioux St. Marie is a Division Two or Division One team? Uh, Division Four. Division Four. They got hurt, okay? They got hurt very well there. Some teams, again, and this where I think the state of Michigan was somewhat looking at is some of the teams would make their schedule four and five years in advance. Yep. And that made a lot of things more difficult versus a team like River Ridge, per se, if they're going to stay in the money and, and look at playing competitive teams, which their league is not competitive at all, okay? They would make no points. <laughs> they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. They'd play everybody in their league and then some. But if they make these trips all the way up to Muskegon, to uh, Grayling or somewhere of that nature, just to play a competitive team, they're going to get some vittles on, 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 on those tops. And that's where the coaches, some of the coaches were pitching the conniption about that. They didn't get credit for going after the one to play competitional teams. In Ridge, it helped them. In Sault Ste. Marie's case, it hurt them because, from what I understand, from you guys' conversation, their schedule has been made well in advance. So, again, you, I think some things need to be torn out myself personally this year. This is me. I would have left it like it was last year by allowing everyone to come in. This gives the teams uh, a lot of flexibility if they have to cancel or redo their schedule somewhat to make themselves competitive to the new point system that's upcoming there, it's not going to be fair to nobody or it's going to be fair to everybody. That's what you want to charge for. And I don't think the MHSAA looked at that timetable or looked at the harm that was going to get to somewhere like Sault Ste. Marie, who's not going to make the playoffs this year, but has a pretty feasible record. We'll go to Dave Watson next, and I think we're all in agreement, Dave, that you know it should have been a little bit of a grace period here, especially in football. It's unlike some of the other sports where you kind of do schedules year by year. You know, football, like Butch said, and you said earlier, you know, three, four, five years out, and so I think Butch and you were both dead on on that assessment. Well, and then you throw in the monkey wrench of uh, COVID, and, yeah. there was, and that played a role here, too, because there is uh, several schools 
Pickford's an example up here in eight-man football that uh, got hurt in one of their two losses. They didn't even play because they had a COVID outbreak and they had to forfeit to Superior Central. So that played a role too. And I, I agree with exactly. Butch that should have exactly. that that should have uh, also played in a role. And and I agree they should have just went with the formula they went last year. Everybody gets in. And I, I think how you do this is is to Butch's point. You say okay, we're going to change this system. In three years yeah. or two years or whatever, give them a little cushion. So get your schedules together, and you're going to have to change some things if you want to make the playoffs. In in Sue High's case, they join a conference knowing they're going to be the biggest school in the conference, and it ended up hurting them. And the reason why they did that to what Scott said earlier is geographically it made a lot of sense because for Sault Ste. Marie uh, to play a Division One school, you got to go about four or five uh, hours away as opposed to down in uh, Butch's territory when they had to go maybe 20 minutes and a D4 school would find a D1. So I think there should have been a, a grace period, and Butch is exactly right. I think you just stay with the system you had last year, and don't be surprised if they do change this uh, to uh, everybody gets in an eight-week schedule because they are still kicking it around. Well, here, here's another factor that you got to look at there. Let's say Tuesday Marie played River Rouge, which both of them are Division Four teams, Okay. They both would have gained from that. Yep. That means a little bit more points would have been added on uh, the schedule of Sault Ste. Marie and also for River Rouge because of the competency matter in the, in the in the ball game there. But again, when you don't give the schools time to adjust to that there, that's where right now I'm looking at. If they're going to be decent about this, they need to wave a couple of years here. Put it back where everyone is in, okay, and then go from there. Because it wasn't a bad situation to allow everyone in and give those extra weeks of football for income for the schools as well as themselves there, and also bring the excitement to the game. By this doing this, you have really peed off a lot of people, okay, who are avid football fans. There's Detroit, and we're talking about Warren, and Troy, these are new cities that have maybe three or four uh, high schools involved. Detroit has as many as 20-something high schools involved, okay? So I think if, if they want to be fair about this, and I'm talking about the MHSAA, they're going to have to allow some of the teams to come down south and play some of the teams, and as well as some of the teams from down south to go up north if they're going to really make this thing work the way they want it to work. Because, again, you can't stop. They're going by enrollment, okay? If you got one school that has 200 children versus maybe Sault Ste. Marie that has maybe, many, maybe six to 800 kids, again, the competency, that's what they're looking at there. And, you know, there used to be a rule. And I'm going to mention this as well, that maybe some of the schools that don't have a football team, you allow that particular school to merge over to those little uh, football teams, which many of them do exercise to make themselves marketable in order to put a football team together. I've seen that happen as well. Yeah, we had that happen here locally this th just this year, Butch, with uh, Cedarville and Detour. Yep. They co-opted their football programs. And uh, one final thought before we go to our top-of-the-hour break, I'll go to you first, Dave. You know, 
it's not like this doesn't happen in other sports, letting everybody in. As a matter of fact, right. it happens in every team yes. sport for the MHSA. And, you, you know, you, maybe you add a couple weeks. And, of course, you have weather concerns maybe up here. But certainly more revenue for the schools, more revenue for the MHSA. You eliminate all these problems that you had this year. To me, that makes the most sense to just say, you know what? We tried it. It didn't work. We're going to do this next year. I agree. I think that's the way you go. And because, you know, the, this system here is is just extremely flawed and I understand you know like I said before why they why they wanted to do it and it made sense uh, to change it to tweak the system but to revamp it the way they did and you know Butch makes a good point about you know you know letting schools go as far as they can as far as travel and the the Sioux's not afraid to do that I remember you'll recall this Scott I went down to down by Flint it was uh, Lake Fenton in Linden yeah. Michigan yep. the Sioux went down and Sioux St. Marie went down and played Lake Fenton and they, they're not afraid to go down that far and play a team like that when they were independent they were looking for a game and uh, Lake Fenton was willing and the Sioux went down and played uh, down there so they're not afraid to go anywhere Butch will give you a final word you made a great point also with this being a covert season there are many teams that had to forfeit maybe one or two doggone games there not to the fault of their own per se there because it is what it is what we have to deal with right now. Those teams are not able to make up uh, particular games or whatever it may be. So that's why I said it didn't make any sense for the MHSAA to cite this rule this year. It should have been pushed back maybe at least a couple of years to things got more stable, give uh, teams more time to revamp their schedules per se, but yet still in the long run where, again, you did say, and, and I like it very much so, Every team was invited. Everyone wins. We're going to take our top of the hour break, gentlemen. When we come back, we will start our regional roundtable. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, PEC supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson Garage Yard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sioux St. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. 
Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined in studio by host of Coach's Corner and the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, Dave Watson, and co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis, for our roundtable. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll join the Detroit Pistons in progress as the Pistons just set to tip off against Atlanta here tonight. Let's start, gentlemen, with the NFL, and Butch will go to you first on your thoughts on the Detroit Lions. Certainly a more spirited effort for the Lions as they pulled out about every rabbit out of their hat as far as special teams and fake field goals and onside kicks. However, it wasn't enough. The Lions fall to 0-7 as they lost to the L.A. Rams and Matt Stafford by the score of 28-19. Lions, as I mentioned, uh, the only winless team at 0-7. They will be home to Philadelphia this Sunday at 1 p.m. before they enter their bye week. And Butch, uh, you know, if you're looking for moral victories, maybe you'll get that out of yesterday's game. But the Lions, they're not looking for moral victories. They need to win a darn game, and I was about to say something else. <laughs> That's unwell, and I was going to do nothing but listen. <laughs> I tell you, the Lions came out to shoot very quick, which was appreciated. But again, uh, with a veteran team, when you have receivers who've been and been with the league so many years, and the quality people as well. So Stafford is walking his first year and get acclimated with him versus uh, Jared Goff, who basically right now <clears throat> is working for people or as players, for that sake, who have made the majority of them wasn't drafted, okay? Um, it's going to be a role that a lot of people now, I think they're going to have to accept and I think the Lions are going to see it, you know. You know, if they don't beat the Eagles, okay, I'm, not, I'm putting it, I'm putting it up close, up close and personal. If they don't beat the Eagles, uh, they're going to suffer the rest of the year, attendance wise and otherwise. There, because again, we're looking at the Eagles right now, and uh, they ain't no better than the Lions. If the Lions come in there with a full package and some surprises as well, they should be able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, especially when you're at home. But again. A mystery is a mystery, and that's what makes it a mystery. We don't know what we're going to get out the bag of tricks for the Lions. And I think that's what the um, the general public is just tired of, okay? They're tired of getting the bag of tricks. And, and Dave, we'll go to you next. You know, you're a Browns fan. I'm a Lions fan. And this team needs a win. And like Butch said, he nailed it. Uh, they they got to win that Philadelphia game going into the bye week at 0-8 because, you know, you can have all the rah-rah speeches and Dan Campbell and bite kneecaps and pulling out these plays, but I just get a feeling they don't win this game. And granted, they're not going to make the playoffs this season. Nobody's saying that, but to go into the bye week at 0-8, it, it just, it's just not good. And this coach and this whole organization, they just need a win. They need a win. And, you know, it's I'm, I watched yesterday's game. And, uh, you know, to be honest, we'll talk about the whole league, I'd imagine, here in a little while yep. as far as uh, all the scores. You know, and I 
I was flipping around. Of course, the Browns played on Thursday, so I'm just flipping around. But I stayed on the Lions game. That was the best game of the whole weekend. Yeah, they the, played the, good. The Lions-Rams game was the best game. The, it was garbage all the way across the NFL <laughs> yesterday. There is some ugly football yes, being was. played. But I, I really uh, thought the Lions game was the best. And, and like Butch said, you know, they came out. You know, firing at all cylinders, every trick in the the book they used, and yeah, I watched this team yesterday, and and I'm I've seen a I've seen a lot of the teams in the NFL this year, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, it they are just snake bitten, uh, you know, the most snake bitten team I've seen because I really don't think this is the worst team in the NFL. Houston I mean, has a win. For Houston, Houston's all out. They're Houston's horrible. Miami's uh, turned out to be bad. Jacksonville is bad. I mean, I look at it it's like the Lions are better than those teams, but it's just the way it goes. I mean, uh, I, it was the same thing with the Browns about four or five years ago. They were in games, but they weren't winning. And and the trouble is when you lose and you continue to lose, it's just it's it makes it even so much harder to win. And especially the way they've lost the singing kicker booting the 66 yard field goal, the loss in Minnesota with the 54 yard field goal. I mean, they've been right there in games, but you're right. I mean, all they need to do, they just need to win a game. I think once they do that, things will turn around for them because the, the, I'll tell you what, man, that this team is the most snake bitten team. Them and the Browns, I think have uh, the award for that over the course of several years. And Butch, this uh, beleaguered fan base, you mentioned if they don't win that game against Philadelphia, you're going to start to see that. I mean, this is the most disgruntled fan base, maybe outside the Toronto Maple Leafs and our good friend Dave McKegg. But, uh, you know, this fan base, they come to the games. They support the team year after year after year. And they deserve a winner. They deserve a winner. Uh, you know, is it ever going to come to the point where the fans just say enough is enough and turn their backs and stop buying the tickets and paying for the parking and concessions. I mean, will we reach that point at some point if these yeah, things keep going? Thanksgiving if they don't take care of the Eagles, like I said. And look, fans are not crazy or dumb or stupid when they watch the game. A lot of them are very knowledgeable indeed on what football is all about. And you can see right on the face of the earth there, much of the Lions' problem is the coaching. Okay, how you coach your cornerbacks, how you deal with your running backs, how you deal with third down situations, red zone situations. They 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 had one touchdown, which was a breakaway, and now you're kicking field goals by Siebert. <laughs> but Lord knows if he didn't kick those field goals, <clears throat> that game is not as close as it has been. But again, they got they got to score, and they haven't done that. They haven't done that in quite some time in a consistent note, and that goes with the offensive coordinator and the coaches around there. They have to figure out schemes or the more surprises that basically no one knows about and put them to use because if that's the case, that's the only way they're going to win any game this year is be proficient on the surprise uh, type of plays, uh, be a lot more aggressive when it comes down to taking on a receiver, per se. I noticed in the butt part of the game, this was the first time this year that I saw receivers and also cornerbacks nose-to-nose, especially our cornerbacks, where basically you can chuck a guy or make it bad. Now, when they put the look on them, 
as they say they're going to go man to man, they end up going in the zone. They get hurt the most there. Lions got to start being more aggressive when it comes down to playing football, and they're not. They're playing a finesse game, and football is not a finesse game for anyone there. They can do all the laughing and talking they want, but when these fans don't come to the game, it's not about the players. They think the players are putting their heart in what they're being taught. It's the coaches who implement the 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 brain trust and put the scouts out there and have these all these so proficient coaches that give nothing to the game. Lions Lions will be at home Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles at 1 p.m. We'll have that game over on our sister station, Oldies 93, starting with the pregame show around 11 a.m. Gentlemen, let's go around the NFL. I'll just give some brief thoughts before we go to Dave and then Butch. Uh, Last night, Indianapolis and a bit of a monsoon in San Francisco. San Francisco two and four, kind of a head scratcher there as Indianapolis wins thirty to eighteen. Uh, Dave mentioned a lot of clunker games uh, yesterday. Tampa Bay all over Chicago thirty eight to three. Tom Brady throws his six hundredth passing touchdown. Arizona over Houston at thirty one to five. Arizona undefeated on the season. They'll play Green Bay on Thursday night. Which That's a tasty. Be, that game. is a very tasty game. Las Vegas five and two, top of the AFC West. They knock off Philadelphia thirty three to twenty. 22 Green Bay they've won six straight six and one as they knock off Washington at home 24 to 10 you had Atlanta believe it or not in the playoff picture at three and three they knock off a uh, pretty bad Miami team right now 30 to 28 New England boy they put the whooping stick on the New York Jets 54 to 13 at Foxborough the first place Cincinnati Bengals. You talk about putting a whooping on a team. They go into Baltimore, one of the hottest teams in the league, and knock off the Ravens 41-17. to I know that doesn't break your heart, Dave. The New York football Giants get a win. They knock off Carolina 25-3. What is going on with Kansas City? They lose at Tennessee 27-3. to And then in the Thursday night game, which I'm sure Dave will have a lot to say as he's a Browns fan, it wasn't the prettiest, but the Browns with a lot of injuries get the job done. They defeat Denver 17-14 to in what looks to be the best division in football right now, the AFC North. Dave, uh, your thoughts just overall on uh, your Cleveland Browns and what you saw from Week 7 in the NFL minus the Lions. Well, the Browns have uh, a lot of injuries, and uh, you know I I don't know what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. I th- my opinion is on that. We, of course, he has the torn labrum now. They're saying the bone in the shoulder. I I was at that game when that happened, and I was like, well, that didn't look good when Watt landed on him. I I think shut him down. I mean, shut him down for the season and go with Case Keenum, and because you have weapons around him, and Keenum has proven he can uh, be a serviceable quarterback. Trouble is, AFC is so loaded. But I I just I I'm not liking what I'm seeing from Mayfield from the injury standpoint, and I'm not a real. I'm not sure where I'm at with him as a quarterback as it is, but they are getting healthier. Uh, Nick Chubb was uh, activated today uh, along with the uh, right tackle, Jack Conklin. So they're getting those guys back. Uh, So we'll see with the Browns. I got a big one with uh, Pitts puke. I mean, Pittsburgh, (laughs) uh, the Steelers on, uh, on Sunday in Cleveland. And, uh, but you know what, as far as Cincinnati goes, I said to some uh, to my old uh, college roommate uh, in August. I said everybody's talking about Baltimore, and you know, I said, well, you know, Pittsburgh. Everybody's going to mention the Steelers in that division. But I said, don't sleep on Cincinnati. Not at all. Don't sleep on them. And and you know what? They they look they look good. And I I was not 
really surprised the way they played, but I was surprised at how bad Baltimore's defense looked. But I think a lot of that had to do with what Cincinnati was doing to them. But you now the Bengals, you know, it's funny. Every week in the AFC, you know, it changes. A few weeks ago, oh, how about the Chargers? Oh, that yeah. Herbert looks good. And then Baltimore takes them out back behind the woodshed. And then Cincinnati goes in and beats Baltimore. And then Kansas City's a mess. Buffalo looked good, but then they go into Tennessee, and Tennessee beats them. Tennessee turns around and hammers Kansas City. There's just so many good teams in the AFC, and that's really fun to watch right now. And then you look at the NFC. Boy, the Packers have certainly turned it around since that week one game, and that game with Arizona is going to be a dandy. And uh, there's some teams, sneaky good teams. You mentioned Atlanta. Kyle Pitts could be rookie of the year. He looks really good. So it's a fun time, but there's it's funny. There's a big difference, and Butch maybe could expound on this too and get his thoughts on it. There's a big difference from the halves to the have-nots, and we certainly saw that yesterday. Yes, we did. Butch Davis, are your thoughts on week seven of the NFL? Well, it was surprising as it may seem. We, we know Tennessee has a doggone good defense there, and while Kansas City wasn't prepared for it, we'll have we'll never get proof. Atlanta is shocking me very much. So they're squeaking out some wins, and they all count. But you know they have been in some very very close games, and I've been the recipient of. Uh, some wins, and, you know, we could be talking about the Lions on the same way, but, again, Atlanta is playing a lot more better and has a lot more weapons to use, and they're using them than the Lions have been doing in their particular there. Uh, it looks like the coaching staff with Atlanta is very engaged in seeing Atlanta do halfway good because they're not expected to make the playoffs per se. That'll be a bonus in their cap if they do. The New York Giants winning over at Carolina. I thought more of that particular team there, but it looked like Donald there is not the one and uh, and the person who can – be able to uh, save them. And all just the rumor is that Cam Newton is being looked at at um in um <laughs> in Carolina there. <laughs> Going but back he, to his own stomping uh, grounds. I, I don't know. He might be blackballed for thousands of years here. I I have no idea. We'll wait and see on that one there. New England just beating the crap out of the Jets there. And in that case, uh Wilson, he's out two to four weeks there with spring uh PCL, uh, that's that's bad for him. Uh, some of the news that came out today, the biggest news I don't know if you guys heard of that Nagy, uh, the Bears coach, he tested positive for COVID nineteen. Yep, and he's joining four more players on this team there. Now, how that's going to work out, we we'll have no idea until probably Sunday. But it, again, we're seeing a scenario of things happening that. We wouldn't expect to see that. Again, you know, I mentioned Kansas City, uh, Green Bay. Uh, people wrote them off the first week of the season there, and they have been nothing but gold, okay? And and how they're taking care of that particular situation up there in, uh, in Wisconsin, I have no idea again, but they're very successful at it, first-place team. Uh, they're, they're ready for all comers there, but – I saw a pretty good – the Lions game you could consider to be, you know, one of the better games to see there. But I did watch the Atlanta-Miami game there, and that was a, a showstopper there as well there. And really uh, played where Atlanta did end up with the victory as the existing team there. So 
a lot of surprises. I think we're going to see some more. And again, you know, it, the funny part is we get to hear some of the, the people who really know what's going on here to degrade half of these teams that we're talking about right now there. Gentlemen, before we go to our next break, one game left in the NFL tonight. Uh, two teams that have kind of been hard to figure out this season. Uh, New Orleans, a uh, three and two off a of bye week. We'll go to Seattle to take on uh, the Russell Wilson less. Seattle Seahawks, who are two and four. Uh, Dave, uh, certainly Seattle always seems to be a tough place to play at night, but the Seahawks team, two and four, don't think many people had them that poorly. What are you looking in this game? Boy, you know, th- this would normally be a pick 'em game, but, uh, you know, you hit it on the head. These two teams, even with Russell Wilson, uh, the Seahawks have been hard to figure out. New Orleans, not as much of a surprise that they're a roller coaster because Jameis Winston's a roller coaster. Yes, Let's, he is. You know, and how frustrated is he, him uh, as he is? He's got a great arm, but then he just makes horrible decisions. But uh, you know, in Seattle hasn't been too bad with the with Geno Smith at at the helm. They they probably should have won in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. You know, that or last week rather. They look good in that game, but uh, yeah, they, they've had the injury bug and. I give the a slight edge to Seattle tonight because you know the twelfth man and at home and I don't know they were saying that uh, weather was going to hit them tonight so they may have some rain issues as well. I think that helps Seattle being a non dome team. Uh, Butch, New Orleans, Seattle tonight. What are you looking at? Uh, New Orleans, Seattle. I'm going to say New Orleans is going to win there, not because of Wilson not playing and not because Geno's not capable there. But right now, the vibe between both teams right now are totally different there. And with New Orleans doing what they're doing right now, and they're getting acclimated with uh, Winston and also some of the uh, their, their players getting healthy, okay, Thomas and some others there. I don't know. Uh, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would pick the Saints uh, the night to them. Uh, you know, Seattle there. Seattle's going through some trauma there. What's the betting man say, Scott? The betting th- bet man says New Orleans to win, Seattle to cover the five and a half points. <laughs> we're going to take a break here on the game. When uh, we come back, we're going to move into college football as the stage has been set for a big game in East Lansing on a Saturday between Michigan and Michigan State. We'll talk about that game and the world of college football all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Jeep Adventure Days are on at O'Connor's of Pickford all October long. Check out the all-new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L, the finest addition to the Jeep Cherokee lineup, featuring all-new interior design and options including third-row seating and a full-body sunroof system. Enjoy excellent lease options on all-new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokees, including 0% APR financing for 48 months. Jeep Adventure Days at O'Connor's of Pickford. 
At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured, equal housing lender. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 722 on the game, ESPN at 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined in studio by voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils and host of Coach's Corner, Dave Watson, along with co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis, as we continue our round table. Butch, we'll go to you first on this one. Uh, college football over the weekend, uh, the Michigan Wolverines, well, they took care of business at home on Saturday as they rolled past Northwestern 33-7 to to improve to 7-0 and on the season. And now we know that not only will the Fox Sports uh Game day coverage be at East Lansing, but ESPN's uh, college football uh, morning crew will be in East Lansing for the big game on Saturday. Michigan ranked number six in both the AP and coaches poll. We'll visit East Lansing and take on the Michigan State Spartans, who were idle this weekend at 7-0. and They did move up the Spartans, I should say, uh, to seventh in the coaches poll and eighth in the AP poll. Uh, this is the fifth time that these two teams have met. Uh, first time since I believe the mid-1960s with both teams in the top 10 a noon start at East Lansing Butch uh, just your thoughts on Michigan this weekend and the big game coming up on Saturday Michigan Michigan State <laughs> I'm still laughing at all the students who are selling their tickets here man for a thousand bucks a piece here uh, the lowest price ticket right now if you want to go to East Lansing is $271 
and for football in general there, that we got two competitive teams going at it the way they are right now. May the best team win. You know what I say. And you know what I say. Go green, go white, Butch. And uh, Dave Watson, a little more neutral than I am in this discussion, being a Notre Dame fan, who we'll talk about in a moment. But I don't think many people, Dave, certainly I didn't think that Michigan and Michigan State would both be undefeated. And the matchup even more significant than maybe another matchup later on that night with Ohio State and Penn State as Penn State lost in nine overtimes to Illinois. I'm still trying to figure that out and the the whole new uh, 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 overtime system they've implemented in college football. Uh, As a Michigan State fan, there's lots of rumors about Mel Tucker and could we lose another good coach to LSU like we did to Nick Saban back in the 90s? But just overall, Dave, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Saturday, your thoughts? I'm not that neutral. Uh, let's go State. <laughs> I like about it. Sparty. But, <laughs> you know, and I'm just glad I'm home watching it. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, next to Notre Dame, I, I always pull for Michigan State when it doesn't affect uh, the Irish. But I'll tell you what, uh, that is one of the worst uh, game day experiences is at Michigan State. I mean, you got to walk and walk and walk. They're just not they're they're not very uh, as far as conducive. Uh, you know, you know, it's not a very good football game day atmosphere. And then you cram into that stadium uh, like sardines. I mean, it's just it doesn't flow very well like it does at Notre Dame and it does at the Big House. But I'm looking forward to watching it on television. I. Yeah, and it's great to see. I mean, you know, Michigan's had a really good year so far, but this is, I, I'm looking at this from, okay, Jim Harbaugh, what are we going to see from your team now? Because Michigan State has proven to me so far, you know, that they belong because you go to Northwestern at the start of the year, you win that game, you win at Miami. I mean, you've won tough games and a Nebraska team that's better than the record indicates. And you had a scare there. And I'm really impressed with what Mel Tucker has done. But, you know, Michigan, it's a different story because they're expected to be there. And I'm just more interested to see what we see out of Michigan than, you know, as far as Michigan State because Sparty's really impressed me and it's with Michigan it's like yeah you know you're you know to be honest with you 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 should have been in this position coming in you know because if you listen to the fan base so th- this is going to be an interesting game two teams are very similar they, they love are. to run the football yep. very smash mouth football really good defenses a game you know in the trenches and I think it's going to come down to a who can make a big play perhaps through the air because, uh, you know, the both running games have been, you know, tremendous, but I, I think it's going to be a big play and don't be surprised if it's through the air. And I, I'm going to say Michigan state wins it uh, by three points. I think it's going to be a really good slobber knocker type of game. I like your thinking, Dave, and looking at the big 10, Butch, uh, we mentioned Penn state losing in nine overtimes to Illinois. So there with the two losses they're they're kind of out of the playoff picture, but you have a, a hard charging Ohio state team. That's just destroying everybody. You got a Wisconsin team now that beat Purdue and they're in it. They play Iowa's very good weekend for the big 10 this, this weekend have Penn state, Ohio state, Iowa, Wisconsin, and starting off Michigan and Michigan state. This is going to kind of determine a lot as far as who might come out of the big 10 and potentially one of the playoff teams. Definitely you do. Okay. And you really root for any team that plays against Ohio State right now because that is your enemy right now. Regardless of the loss that Ohio State took from my school, Oregon, yep. beat the crap out of them. 
They're right ahead of Michigan and Michigan State. And I think that's a huge insult. And I think both those institutions feel it's a huge uh, insult. And that's why I said this is going to be probably one if things come out to be what they are. And I know these teams have two great defenses there. It's going to be all about offense if they win because they're both big play teams there. And from all the games I've seen this year, Michigan and Michigan State have both supplied those big, big play type of situations there that I think many people who watch this game or upcoming game on the Saturday at 12 noon, uh, that's what's going to be the determining factor of who's going to win the game and who's going to lose here. And Dave, looking overall at the college football picture before we go back to Butch, uh, you're going to have the playoff rankings come out, I believe, next Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. And certainly there's going to be a lot of questions. We're still under the system where four teams get in. And and just kind of looking at it right now, to me it's going to be very interesting to see where Alabama is ranked. Uh, you look at the AP poll, they're ranked third despite having one loss. And you know me, I'm an Alabama fan. I don't like that. I don't think they should be in there when you have an undefeated Cincinnati team. All they did was go and beat Notre Dame on the road. Oklahoma's undefeated. Yeah, maybe not as pretty. Uh, Kansas gave them a scare. Then you got a couple Big Ten teams undefeated, among others. It's going to be very interesting to me to see, one, if Cincinnati is ranked below Alabama. And if they are in those initial rankings, I find it hard for Cincinnati to make that up if Alabama, who will likely probably make the SEC championship game, likely play Georgia, and you could have two SEC teams once again being in there, and that's going to leave a lot of conferences like Oregon or even a Notre Dame who's still in the mix. It's going to be very interesting to see these initial rankings and where these teams sit. It is, and you know, I, I think coming into the the this first one's going to tell the tale about Cincinnati. Normally, I like to see the little guy uh, do well, Coastal Carolina, you know, even BYU. But after going to the Cincinnati uh, Notre Dame game, uh, their fan base is obnoxious. Oh I boy, mean, they they, <laughs> they are, and and you know what? I won't shed a tear if, if Cincinnati is on the outside. I think they will in the end be on the outside because their biggest game is Notre Dame. Their best uh, game now left on their schedules, SMU. Yep. And SMU, I think, is number 24, 23 in the country. And they had a scare at Navy, I mean, since he did. And, and they've had some games. I just don't think there's enough to make up. And I think Alabama will jump ahead of them. And you know what? It's It proofs in the pudding. You look at Alabama's schedule in the SEC in comparison to what Cincinnati has. Uh, you know, I think the only way you you fix this down the road is uh, obviously increase to eight teams. But I, I don't see how you can put Cincinnati in with with there's you know with who they play in comparison to these other schools. You know, in the Power Five and a couple of years in the Big Twelve, then that problem goes away perhaps for him. But it's it is going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting where you put Ohio State in that mix as well. This game that we just talked about, Michigan, Michigan State, is very pivotal to that as well. Oh, you know, I'm very interested to see where the winner of this Michigan, Michigan State team is in in the rankings, you know, next week when they come out as well. Where do you put them? You put them in the top five, you put them ahead of Ohio State. I think you have to, but I don't think 
I don't think they will be. And so, you know, there's a lot of things this weekend. It's going to be interesting how they shake out when those rankings come out. And Butch, you and I have had a lot of discussions over the years on this same subject, four teams in, and you're going to have some teams that should be in that many people think some teams that shouldn't be in. And so we're headed to that same conversation here. Once we get the playoff rankings next week, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I disagree with Mr. Watson on um, the Cincinnati Navy game. Navy is a very good uh, football team, you know, and they have been very competitive. What's their record? And for many years, okay, uh, I don't think it's the point that people say Cincinnati's not deserving of that there. Because we'll, we'll go back to the same thing we talked about with the high schools there. Who wants to play Cincinnati? Nobody. Because of the simple fact there's a great possibility they will lose. How many people want to play Appalachian State? Nobody. Because it's a good possibility that that particular team, the way they're suited right now, the way they're fitted, can beat any doggone team in town there if they're given the opportunity to, to, to show themselves on the field. So I don't kind of agree with that there. I think Cincinnati deserves to be number two until someone whoop them. Uh, they deserve to be number two right now. Now, Alabama, and I'm talking about that team as well as Ohio State, I don't think they should be where they're at there, and, and for many, many reasons per se there. But again, uh, when the rubber meets the road, Michigan has to play Ohio State, and I think, do Michigan State play Ohio State this year? Yep, uh, they do, yep. Okay, well, there's two teams that they're going to have to deal with. So I think that will take care of itself regardless of what team this week loses a game there. They can both uh, take credit for uh, putting Ohio State out of their misery if they both win or even just one of them win there. So my interest is that how will they judge all of this at the end of the you know, the, the the rankings and all this other stuff. Right now, the rankings are very superficial because, again, it means absolutely nothing. Uh, your best football is going to come in the next four weeks there, and some of them have playoff uh, ratifications there. So how can you judge on who's first, who's second, or who's last there? So that's what, what makes it fun. In reality, the the, the playoff system stinks. And there needs to be more teams in it there. I think at least twelve teams. I think we're all in agreement here because the way it's setting up to me, guys, we'll go to you next, Dave. I think the SEC is going to snag two bids, uh, George and Alabama. I just don't see those two teams losing the rest of the way. And uh, again, if Georgia beats Alabama, then we have a different conversation because Alabama would have two losses. And then I think one Big Ten team gets in because you got a whole bunch of them up there. You would assume that one of them very well could run the table. And then you're going to be in a situation, ACC, unless Wake Forest runs the table, and I don't see that happening. They're going to be out Big 12, Oklahoma, you know, maybe not the strongest team. And you have the Pac-12s. So you're going to have probably two, you know, potentially three of the big power conferences not getting into the playoffs. Dave, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, first, I'll go back uh, to uh, Butch's comment. I, I agree with the fact that, you know, this this thing is going to be retooled. There's no question about it. And, and a team's record does matter. But then when you look at the big picture and, you know, you look at who they play. 
the, I'll take the Navy game for example. I'll take the Navy game for example. Navy is one and six. They've been taken all back by the woodshed by Air Force and I think Memphis. Memphis, uh, matter of fact, is just ahead of Navy uh, with I think one and four in that American Conference. So you know you, you got to factor those things in too. You know, bottom line, Navy's one and six, and they nearly beat an unbeaten team. I agree. That's this year again. The argument comes forth when you see a team like Ohio State or Alabama because they lose one game and they lost it to a healthy team. I'm quite sure the Aggies and uh, whoever uh, took care of Ohio State, which is, I don't want to say, the Ducks again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you they do. don't get any reconciliation or anything at all. They shouldn't be where they're at, okay? If that's the case, you know, Ohio State should be right where the Ducks is right now. They should be neck and neck. And I think the Ducks were eight this uh when I first looked at it today, was they ranked eighth, in, you know, in the nation there versus Ohio State number four? What kind of, you know, you, you slapped Oregon in the face. So, you know, again, we got to find a system that, you know, this is all fun and games for hype and whatever it may be, gambling purposes. I don't know. But, again, you really don't find a situation fitting when you have this playoff system the way it is. And until that improves, we'll be doing what we do and enjoy every moment of it here when we come down to agreeing or disagreeing on, you know, what jumps off there, you know. It's not really a wrong answer given on this show here tonight here. But we know one thing, we all agree, that this thing needs to change to add more teams in it there. And it will be a lot more reputable. And we talk, and we haven't talked about uh, the um, the Western conferences out on the coast and whatnot there. You know, the DMW, I'm quite sure they got something to say, which is the Mountain West there. And they got some pretty reputable teams out there as well. San Diego State. And, yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about them at all, but they haven't lost a beat either, okay? So, you know, it's not a bad answer. It's not a good answer sometime here. But, again, we know we need change there. It's about the hierarchy right now getting together. We just recently saw um, the president of Michigan, University of Michigan, get uh, employed with the uh, the officials and whatnot there. Hopefully, uh, maybe he we can whisper in his ear that change is needed in order for this playoff to be reputable there. Great discussion, gentlemen. We're going to take our final break of the night, but we have lots to discuss here in the limited time we have remaining. We'll talk Red Wings, Pistons, World Series, and have our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. 
Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan, hopes you had a wonderful summer. Our summer is coming to an end, and soon we will have snow. Now's the time to do your fall cleanup and make some extra money by selling your scrap metals. Reed Metals will give you an honest price for your metal without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals, and they'll print you a check. They'll pay you for items like scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, aluminum rims, motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Roll-off dumpster service available for both residential and commercial locations. Reed Metals is located just 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Your backyard should be an oasis, not a challenge. With steel, you can enjoy great value on outdoor power equipment that will get you there. From lightweight, quiet blowers to easy starting, powerful chainsaws, the battery-powered AK Homeowner Series has what you need to take on your to-do list. Visit Skinner's of Pickford, your tractor source in the north, Pickford, Michigan. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 741 on the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you. We're continuing to be joined on the roundtable by our special guest, Dave Watson, and co-host Butch on Sports. Butch, we'll go to you first, and then Dave on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, last night, the Wings ended a two-game losing streak as Lucas Raymond the youngest Red Wing to score a hat trick since Steve Eiserman back in 1985 lifted the Wings to a 6-3 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. The Wings now 3-2-1, tied for Buffalo. Second place in the Atlantic Division will be at Washington on Saturday. Butch, uh, the Wings kind of hit a rut for a couple games but bounced back nicely against Chicago. Your thoughts on what you've seen from the Wings so far? Better uh, defense playing. Uh, when they are aggressive and, and I'm talking about an honest aggression on the, on the ice, they seem to do very, very well. When they shoot the puck and don't give up on shooting the puck and play instead of playing the, um, sweet Georgia Brown routine that they have <laughs> done in the past and these other two games as well. Okay. I'm, that's what I'm citing. They are a very formidable team to deal with that. They're, they're faster now. And they're a lot stronger, too, and a lot bigger on the ice than basically they had had players in many, many years. So I see right now, and I guess, you know, the Red Wings will continue to sell out as they did the the, the first two games of, of the year there and, and, and do what they got to do here, or, or several games there. They have not had um, blank tickets. They all have been sellouts, so... The Red Wings are doing what they're supposed to do, and the fans are appreciating because they're seeing the effort on the ice as well as you guys see it. I'm telling you there, okay? So, Red Wings are doing what we thought the Lions would do. Uh, eventually, the Tigers did at the end of the season. 
But we're not seeing nothing from the Pistons yet in regards to all of that there. Yeah, we'll talk about the Pistons next. And Dave, you and I have had a lot of conversations off-air about this Red Wings team. I I like the fight. I love this Raymond kid. I mean, obviously, he's doing very well. Uh, Just your early thoughts on the Detroit Red Wings season. Certainly 3-2-1. I would have taken that a couple weeks ago. Much improved. And the Raymond kid is solid. You know, Bertuzzi, when he can play because he's unvaxxed, is uh, obviously uh, is no pun intended the shot in the arm but oh, went there yeah and like, uh you know he's he's played you know really well and and butch bets the defensive play has uh, gotten better the cider kid is up uh, the, the future is bright with this team and, and you you have dylan larkin you know as the team captain uh, uh you have some toughness with the smith kid giovanni uh smith of course Hope the folks at Sioux Ontario aren't listening. They yes. don't really care for him. Yes, but uh, when I he like played him. when he played uh, at Kitchener yep. in uh, the OHL Western Conference Finals, but you, you know I like him too, and and he gives them that that edge. And uh, they're coming along. They're coming along nicely. I think Steve Eiserman's done a nice job with this organization, and uh, they're coming. And it'll be interesting where they're at at the end of the year, and you know where we'll look at you know where they're at. At the end, but uh, nice bounce back win last night against the lowly Chicago after getting thumped at Montreal. That was a groaner of a loss, but I, I like the fight in them, as you guys said, especially a quick turnaround from going from Montreal to Chicago. And you know, I don't care what the Blackhawks record is. I mean, it's tough to win at Chicago in any sport, and that was a nice win last night that they, they're, they're coming along. Wings will be next at Washington on Wednesday night. We'll have that game over on 1230 WSO. Butch, we'll go back to you. Uh, you mentioned the Detroit Pistons uh, losing a, a pair of games to start the season at home against Chicago. And then on Saturday, uh, 97 to 82 loss to the Bulls. The Pistons are in action right now. We'll join that game in progress in Atlanta. Right now it's 8-5 Hawks very early. Uh, Pistons still missing uh, some players due to injuries, including Cade Cunningham, Butch, who I believe uh, might be in the lineup later this week. Uh, it's very early, but uh, overall, what have you seen from the Pistons? I see energy out there at times, um, spurts of it, uh, by the way, there. I see better defense being played on um, on the Pistons' behalf there. Uh, the upsetting part in the whole situation is, of course, is their shooting and their priority of shooting good shots there. I do not agree with the head coach's philosophy on three-pointers there. I never have. I never will. I will always say you got to shoot that shot that makes you or puts you where you are. And the majority of these kids right now are not three-point shooters, but they're probably doggone good 14- 18-foot shooters or good layup artists or someone who can deke and dodge and get into the middle. you got to let that – that talent uh, resonate in order for uh, these guys to get together, to play together, and make it special there. I think the coach right now, or the coaches for that matter, needs to uh, kind of put a team one out there and a team two out there because, again, it's going to be a long season if they're playing the way they're playing right now. Uh, again, the defense is good from what I see, but you got to score in order to win. Yeah, Dave, I haven't seen too much of the Pistons early. Uh, the things I have noticed, and Butch mentioned it on his show last night, just uh, shooting too many threes. I mean, they just don't have that type of team that's going to hit a lot of threes like a Golden State or a, a Brooklyn. Uh, early thoughts on the Pistons. You know, all the Detroit teams are 
kind of in the same boat as far as rebuilding, although maybe the Lions might be the worst off of the four. And to me, uh, there's no bigger coach in Detroit on a hot seat than Dwayne Casey. I mean, I feel like they have to at least be competitive to get in the playoffs. Uh, Your thoughts on what you've seen from the Pistons so far? Before I answer that, you you think he's the hottest one? I I would have thought that it's uh, Jeff Blaschel. Two weeks ago, I would have said that, but I think the way the Wings are playing, maybe that seat isn't as hot. Okay, I'll take that. It but he's on a hot seat. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, well, they, the, those buns he's are. On a hot seat. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> those buns are getting warm either way. And, but, uh, <laughs> but, but the uh, you know slightly disappointed with the Pistons. I give it a caveat because I want to see what this team is, and I think we all agree on this. When Cade Cunningham is healthy and out there, and uh, you know, I think that I agree with. I haven't seen much of them, but I agree with uh, what you guys are saying about too many threes. I think it, you know, they just don't. It, when a team focuses on one area, it just seems and and they're not good at it, and they keep on going. I always kind of think, well, they're looking for an identity. And they, they're looking for anything, but they're looking it, for a draft choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. They're, they're looking for another number one pick. Uh, you're waiting for those uh, ping pong balls to pop. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm going to reserve judgment on them because you know it's really early until they get the the savior, Cade Cunningham, to all be at a rookie. You know, I what are they going to look like with him on the floor healthy? Let's move on, gentlemen. Final topic before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down. The World Series will start tomorrow featuring the Houston Astros, who knocked off Boston in six games, taking on the Atlanta Braves, who took out the L.A. Dodgers in six games. Butch, I'll go to you first. World Series, Houston and Atlanta. Houston's been there a lot. Atlanta hasn't been there since 1999. I think you hit the nail on the head last night when you said those fans are going to enjoy some good cooking in those areas. Your thoughts on the yeah, World Series? All the players, coaching staff, media people—they're going—they're going to feast on the cooking. And then you know, during the World Series, you always got the little after parties and stuff. Oh there. yeah, stadium where shrimp on the barbie and all this other stuff and open bars. And- <laughs> We like those. Oh, yeah. You know, just the elegance of, of it all. But anyway, I, I, you, 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 I, I don't know how to put this, though, but you, you gotta, they got to do some things. Things have got to be done in order to, uh, I don't know, the level off there. I, maybe I won't go too far on this there, but it's it's got to level off somewhere down the line there. Dave, we'll go to you next on your thoughts on the World Series, uh, Houston and Atlanta. I didn't expect Atlanta to be there. I, I did expect Houston to be in the mix. Your thoughts on the World Series? Well, I mean, I, I I think it's an intriguing matchup, and it's one no one had. I mean, everybody thought say, the winner of San Francisco, L.A. would have been there, and and I, and that's another thing. Do they look at changing? In you know, there's been discussion. Do you? reseed the teams and things of that nature uh perhaps but you know atlanta's been uh, been hot all the way through the playoffs and you know what they did to milwaukee and then uh you know battling an out with the the dodgers are fun to watch and uh eddie rosario has been uh you talk about the trade of the year I Ooh, mean, he's boy, he's been a stud it. for them and and you know what it, it, this is a tough one who i would want to win because yeah it, this is a game this is a series that uh fans of these uh 
these uh, analytics guys, these dorks at the, uh, you know, of course, with the pocket protectors, and, you know, the, the, you win this way or whatever. It, this is an anti-analytics series because you have uh, Snicker with the Braves, old school manager. Yep. They do things the old school way. Houston and Dusty Baker, in, uh, you know, he's an old school guy too. And it's a very anti-analytics uh, type series, I think, between these uh, two teams. And it's uh, kind of fun for me. And it's a toss-up because – you know, who I'd want to win because I, I like Atlanta, but I really like Dusty Baker. And he was the perfect choice for that Houston organization after what went down to, with Trash Can Gate. He was the perfect guy. And l- look what he's done. In League's Championship Series last year, the, they battled Tampa pretty tough. And then all the way to the World Series this year. I mean, the, he took over an impossible situation. And th- this guy's the manager of the decade as far as I'm concerned. But I think it's going to be a fun series. And it's a, the anti-analytics series for me. Yeah, it sure is. Gentlemen, we got uh, about seven minutes left. So lots of time for our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start and then we'll go to Butch next. Uh, thumbs up for the eight-player football teams in our area, Pickford, Newberry, and Rudyard, uh, all making the playoffs, uh, all seven and two, and, and beating the other, Rudyard beating Pickford, and Newberry beating Rudyard, and Pickford beating Newberry. It's going to be a fun division. Certainly looking forward to your call Friday night, Dave, from the Chuck Bennon Field at the Purple Palace in Pickford. Uh, so thumbs up to all those teams getting in. And thumbs down to the MHSAA playoffs point system. Certainly, it's something that I hope is looked at uh, by the organization. And hopefully, they will get input from uh, the coaches and the athletic directors across the state. I thought we had a very good spirited conversation on some of the things that we would like to see changed. I personally think that if you change the whole thing, do what uh, Butch and Dave said and, and let everybody in, have a little bit of a grace period. Say, you know what? We're going to revisit this in a couple years. Schools will have time to prepare. And so thumbs down to that system as of now. Hopefully we'll give that a thumbs up if and when they revamp that system. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. They won't. Uh, no, they won't. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, thumbs up for Atlanta and uh, Houston there, making the World Series uh, going to be an exciting one. Again, I don't know who to pick, but again, for what I saw in both those particular series, no one would thought they would be where they're at there. And I'm talking about Atlanta, who is right now the hottest team of all of baseball, and no one thought that Houston would be doing what they did there. But again, they they didn't miss a beat. They missed some players, but they did not miss a beat. Houston is my thumbs up, and Atlanta there for the World Series there. Thumbs down. Has to go to uh, the Detroit Lions <laughs> for basically just screwing up a whole game and also not being able to score in the red zone when it should have been. Thank God for Mr. Seabird and his field goal effort, but that was not enough. Just think if the Lions had made touchdowns instead of have to opt out for field goals, what the score would have been. Just just saying, boys and girls, just saying. Got to put that ball in the end zone indeed. Dave Watson, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Thumbs up, Tom Brady. And, uh, yeah. uh, of course, it was the, uh, you know, getting the number 600 yesterday on the uh, – catch it able to get the football back after Mike Evans gave it away he did. Uh, but uh, the main thumbs up is uh, at the end of the game you saw the young man in the end zone the fan that had uh, brain cancer and said Tom Brady helped me through brain cancer 
and Tom went over after the game, gave him his hat and the chat out with him and his uh, family. And the, the young, young man was emotional. I said this to my wife this morning, talking about it, guys. Uh, this guy's the GOAT, there, as we've all know, on the field. But you look at, there's a lot of these guys that I don't really care for off the field to watch what they say. LeBron James, I'll throw out there. I'm not not a LeBron guy. And, you know, I I went to college and lived in Cleveland, and I hate it when people say he's from Cleveland. No, he's from Akron. Yeah, that'd be like saying someone's from Detroit when he's actually <laughs> from Flint. And uh, so, you know, I've... You know, I look at it when everybody goes on about, you know, the greatest, you know, athletes. This guy's great in more than just football. He's a class act. He's humble. And uh, I'm just, uh, he's he's one of my favorite athletes. And, and, you know, he surpassed Joe Montana for me as the greatest quarterback of all time. And Joe Montana was a class act. But thumbs up to Tom Brady and, and just doing things off the field the right way. Always has his kids with him after the game. So I give a thumbs up to Tom on that. Thumbs down to the report I saw. And once again, they just don't get it. They get things right for a while. And then they stub their toe. Yeah, the report about Major League Baseball might maybe having a lockout after the World Series when you get into December and freezing free agency, which us Tiger fans are looking forward to free agency. There's a lot of big fish out there and just disappointing. I mean, you know, they just don't get it right. Them in the NHL, they, they always have to go through this little cycle every so often. And, and I, there was a time I wouldn't watch baseball because we lost a World Series, if you recall, back in the mid-90s. So yep. thumbs down to Major League Baseball. Hopefully they get that corrected. Butch, uh, got about a minute left. Uh, what's on deck for Butch on sports this week? Uh, but is going to just be lively here. Let me say uh, hello to all those kids in there at uh, Hell Creek Elementary School in Romulus who are probably listening to the show right now there. I don't want to say anymore. Thanks for listening there. Yeah. But on Butch on Sports this week, we're going to talk about the playoff system a little bit more deeper. We're going to go a little bit more deeper in some of the divisions that's going to the main state games that a lot of people are going to be looking at and some who will not be looking at there and some of those small teams as well. And Dave, uh, you're going to be busy this weekend covering the EUP game of the week on Country 105, Pickford and Newberry Friday night and Coach's Corner on Saturday, 1230 WSO. Give us a little preview on that. Vince Gross, a Sioux oh, High volleyball good. coach, will stop by. We're at Applebee's on the Business Bird, Sioux, Michigan, 11.05 a.m. till noon. Have the scores that matter, and we'll have a second guest that we're working on, but we will have uh, Blue Devil volleyball coach Vince Gross to uh, start the show. Sounds good, and if you're ever uh, out of a guest, Dave, you can always call on me. I'm available Saturday morning, and uh, always look forward to being on your show. Appreciate you jumping on the game, and we'll certainly get you back here, maybe uh, here, here in a few weeks as we gear up to the basketball season, as your coverage of the Sioux High Blue Devils continues starting in December on 1230 WSOO. Always a pleasure, fellas. All right, Butch, uh, appreciate <laughs> Boom, indeed. Butch, appreciate you joining us on the game. Have a great rest of your week. Again, Butch on Sports, you can find right here on our podcast platform, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Also go to your site on Facebook. Just look up Butch on Sports or your podcast site, Simply Butch 2. That's T-O-O.podomatic.com. Butch, have a great rest of your week and enjoy that Lions game on Sunday, baby. Yeah, I'm going to hit E-Course on Friday night here, so welcome to the playoffs. <laughs> welcome to the playoffs. That's going to do it for our show. Again, we're going to join Detroit Pistons basketball in progress. Once we get off the air right now, Atlanta leads the Pistons 19-13 with about three minutes left in the four, in the first quarter. Excuse me. You can find the podcast of tonight's show here uh, coming up 
in about 10, 15 minutes on the podcast platform site, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Want to thank all our guests tonight, including Brandon Locken, Dave Watson, and co-host Butch Davis. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400.